Well, what's your assessment been of 2019? It's consigned to the history books, but as we come to the end of a year, as we start a new year, it is good, and indeed we often do look back at what has been taking place. Perhaps you look back on many blessings. Have you been able to count those times of rejoicing and blessing that have come to you? Yes, as we stand at this, the first Lord's Day of a new year, looking back is something that we can do. In fact, if we've been watching television programs at the end of the year, there's much uh, programs, television, radio, that look back and reflect upon the year that is gone. But that reflection on the past is only really useful if we begin to turn to the thoughts for the future. The past might not just bring thoughts of blessings, but also memories of sin, memories of mistakes that were made, memories of times when you realized that perhaps something was done or said in a bad way or wrong way, uh, in a way that perhaps you wish you could take back. And as we look ahead to the new year, it's good to be able to put down a marker and say, well, that is the past. That is gone. We are moving forward. uh, And we need to deal with the past in such a way as we can leave it behind us. And as an individual people, that is certainly true. And even sometimes, as a congregation of God's people, we want to move forward to bring honor and praise to God. And the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 3 about pressing towards the goal are appropriate for any time of the year and any occasion. But surely, I would say particularly as we are about to start into a new decade, not just a new year. 2020 brings us to a completely new decade. It's hard to believe. I don't know about you, but it doesn't seem that long ago we were talking about the millennium and 2000, and here we are, 2020. So it's good for us to reflect and to move forward. And in this text, I want us to notice how Paul reflects on the past. Then he, speak, he repents of faults. He refocuses his energy He refreshes the goal and he rejoices in his calling. Now you may not immediately see that as you read the words, but I hope that you will see how this bears out from the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 3, in those verses particularly 12 uh, and really focusing in on verse 14. First of all, then, think about... uh, this renewal, and we're calling it renewal, uh, and that's what we need. And it's reflecting, first of all, on the past. First of all, there is this reflection. Paul, uh, in the previous verses just before this, has spoken about his striving, how he wanted to know Christ as Lord, uh, and uh, counting all his, his gain, all his worldly attempts as rubbish. He was striving to know the righteousness that comes from God. Uh, He is looking at what has happened in his past. 
He is reflecting on what he has done. And he speaks of his desire that he should be uh, going forward in Christ. And that should be the desire of every person, every believer. Every believer should have the desire to grow in Christ, to become more godly. And if you have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, then Paul sets before you uh, what should be how you look at that desire. A desire, as he says, that somehow he might attain to the resurrection of the dead. And of course, that is in Christ. It's the only way he will attain to it. But to be ever like Christ. In verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Like him in his death? Like him in his death was the perfect sacrifice Christ gave us all. And that's what Paul is focusing on. As he reflects on these things, he is rejoicing that this was what he was able to do. He is reflecting perhaps on the blessing of being called even to be a believer. You can reflect on many blessings you have received over the past year or number of years. You may be able to rejoice that the Lord has done for you great things. You have grown in your faith. You have opportunity to learn from from Jesus. Have you served the, the living God with all your heart? Have you sought to bring praise and glory to Him? You see, it's good when we reflect to ask the questions, am I what I ought to have been? And in doing so, we can say, God has been good. Reflecting on the past will also to see, help us to see how God has been at work. Even when we have failed, even when I have failed personally, or when a group of people feel looking back and say, <clears throat> despite failure, despite sin, God has overruled. And we should be able to lift up our hearts to God, to magnify His name. He has not abandoned us. He has not forgotten me in the midst of my sin. <clears throat> we'll come to confession in a moment, but there is reflection on the good and the bad. So reflecting in the past will help us, should help us to see that God has been with us. And that is something we want to carry on into the future. Paul realized he had not arrived. There's still work to be done. There is more ahead. He is striving. And so in these verses that we're reflecting on, he says that he considers the past but he is pressing on. And we'll come to that. Because he hasn't made completion of the work. That should be true for all who are believers. If we're alive today in Christ, we've not arrived. There's spiritual uh, blessings to be received. There's spiritual growth to take place in our lives. Reflect on the past and note the blessings. And that will give you an encouragement to go forward. To go forward. To say with Paul, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. 
But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I straining towards what is ahead. That brings me, secondly, to think about repenting of faults. And this arises out of Paul's word, forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. You see, here is one of the absolutely staggering things for the Christian. When you sin, and when you repent of your sin, and find forgiveness of God, he forgets your sin. The psalmist talks about how he removes the sin as far as east is from the west. That sin is no more. It is forgotten. And then Paul speaks about forgetting what is behind. It's not just forgetting the blessings and saying, well, we've had those. There's part of that. But it's also all the problems he's had. When he has made mistakes, he's able to say, Lord, I can forget all of those. That's history. I've repented of those and I'm able to move forward because Jesus Christ forgives. The Lord keeps no record of wrongs. What an amazing truth for the people of God. In Him we find life. We find one who is ready to forgive and forget, and therefore we have a renewed freedom. And at the beginning of a year, uh, it is good for us to remember this truth. That if you have failed God, you should repent. And having repented and been forgiven, you are free. You can forget it. That sin, that problem doesn't need to niggle you anymore. It is done and dusted. So often this is not the way in our human frailties. We make mistakes against people. We, we seek forgiveness. We receive it. But the fault is not really forgotten. When we make some other mistake or something else goes wrong, it may not even be a very serious mistake, but someone then casts up, oh, you've done it before. You thought you were forgiven. But they harbor every thought that and, and cast up to you all your past mistakes. That's how human beings so often we feel one another. If you forgive. If you've forgiven someone, you move beyond that. It is forgotten. That's how God has forgiven you. And so Paul is able to say forgetting. It's like a sheet starting again. Then he's able to press forward Friends, today at the beginning of a new year, the first question needs to be, have you repented of your sin? Have you repented of your sin? Have you truly confessed your fault before God and found mercy and forgiveness? Be absolutely sure of this if you have There is no forgiveness. And that sin is still there like a huge black cloud over you. And it will fall upon you on the day of judgment unless you repent. God only deals with your sin through Jesus Christ when you come humbly on your knees and seek his forgiveness. That burden should be there on your back if you have not repented. And of course that's the picture 
uh, of the pilgrim's progress, of the pilgrim carrying the great burden on his back. But once he came to Christ, it rolled away. It was forgiven, forgotten, gone. We need to repent not only before God, but we need to repent also before men. If we've made mistakes, if something has gone wrong between one another, there needs to be forgiveness, there needs to be repentance, and therefore renewal. The man who doesn't repent of the sin that hangs over him still has the wrath hanging over him. The wrath of God and the bitterness of another person if he hasn't dealt with that properly. And we all need on occasions to realize that sometimes we need to be honest with our own selves. Have I spoken too aggressively? Have what I said been taken up in a way I didn't expect it to be taken up? Has what I perceived uh, it would be thought about been taken or perceived in a different way and caused upset and hurt? And we need to be clear and understanding that and being ready to clear the air and say, Father, forgive us. And we need to be ready to go to others and find mercy and forget it. Forgetting what has passed. That's why Paul is able to say forgetting because it's dealt with by God. And we need to deal with it by God and by each other and by others around us that we know perhaps there's been fault. The Word is encouraging us not simply forget the past and not deal with it, but forgetting the past because we have the freedom of being forgiven. You see, if you try not to deal with it and move on, it's always going to be there. It's like a a great dark cloud in the cupboard and could come out at any time. We need we need to forget it because it has been dealt with and we're free. There's no burden any longer. Repent of faults, forgetting what is behind. But then, thirdly, here Paul refocuses energy. What does he say? What one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards What is ahead? Where does he put his energy? Well, his energy is looking forward, straining to better days. Here he focuses on his energy, not on uh, past glories, not on thinking and, and dwelling upon all the wonderful things of the past. They're good and they could... He could dwell upon those and they could take energy from them, maybe to some degree. But he says, no, I'm not dwelling on all the things of the past. My energy isn't taken up in rejoicing in the the blessings I've received. Yes, we've rejoiced in them. Nor is his energy taken up in bitterness and hardship and regrets. He's straining on towards the prize, towards something positive. He is looking ahead to something that is yet to come. What we have done in the past has been done. We can reap the blessings of it. But the refocus of our energy is to be towards God's blessing in the future. 
and doing His will. Our faults have been forgotten so we don't have to carry that burden so we can focus our energy in bringing honor and glory to Jesus Christ as Lord. How often has our energy been dissipated in minor things and things that really were rather unimportant and over a period of time that's what can happen Satan loves it to to take the energy of a believer and fritter it away all kinds of rather useless things we need to refocus our energy on what is yet to come on the doing the will of God and serving him. And the same, of course, can be true for a people of God and a congregation. Sometimes we get sidetracked into all kinds of things. They may be legitimate enough in their own way, but the focus has just been, the, the energy has just lost a bit in service to the main things of honoring Christ. So what a good thing it is to learn from Paul, let's stray and let's refocus our energy on Jesus Christ and His glory and His honor to bring His name to others. Yes, we can give thanks for all that has been done over the past year and years. We can give thanks to God for forgiveness and mercy. But let's not get diverted away from the things that really matter. Let's refocus our energy on doing God's will and not allow other things to rob us of the blessing there is in speaking for Jesus, in serving Him, and in keeping Him at the very center of all that we do. So in other words, let's make our energy focus on spiritual things rather than self-contemplation or materialistic things. Spiritual contemplation of God is where our energy is to go and honoring and glorifying Him. Refocus of energy. Fourthly, let's refresh the goal. Of course, this ties in very closely. It's a very similar thing. Uh, What is the goal? What are we doing? What's your life all about? Why should we gather for worship? What's the purpose of our church and our meetings? So easy for us all to to lose sight of what the true goal is. We become bound up in our own personal lives with doing other things. Those things may be good. they, They may not be wrong, but they just cloud the the goal of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And somehow our vision is is moved aside and we're too focused on the material world, too focused on the job, too focused on the salary, too focused even on the family and, and making sure they're all well. We need to refresh the goal. And our goal is to honor God to honor Christ, to bring glory to His name. Or as Paul speaks, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. His goal is the prize. It is the glory of God and His presence 
in the glory of God. And that's where we need to be focusing. And we will need to keep the fresh goal in our hearts and in our minds. We join together not primarily to do one another good, not primarily for our own benefit. Our goal is the glory of God. So whatever we diversion might have come into my life or yours, let's refresh the goal. When you're talking to someone about the things of this world, remember your goal should be Jesus is Lord. Honor Him as you speak. Honor Christ as you talk to your neighbor. Honor Christ as you speak about daily politics. Honor Christ by directing the ungodly to Him. Honor Christ as you seek to begin this new year by having Him crowned Lord of all and the one who will direct your life. Let it be true of you for you to live is Christ. That's where we need to keep the goal fresh and clear in our minds. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Christ and the glory of His name. And when we do that, when we keep Him freshly clear in the midst, then He will bless us. And as individuals, we will know His blessing. And corporately, we will know His blessing and the honor of His name. And how do we do that? Well, of course, if we're going to keep the goal fresh in our minds, we need to keep the Word of God also fresh before our faces. The Word of God is the thing that directs us. The Word of God, He has spoken. And again and again, we read the Word. It keeps us focused. Jesus is Lord. He's the one that matters. He's the one whom we are to serve. Could it be that the goal of your life has been overshadowed, maybe not obliterated by material things, but certainly it has been caused to be out of focus. It's hazy. Well, at the beginning of this new year, let's take a word from Paul and let us strive towards the prize for which God has called us heavenwards. The prize of dwelling with Him and honoring Him and singing His praises in His presence for the glory of His name. And then lastly, let us, as we begin this new year, rejoice in the calling that is ours. Of course, that's something that we, need, we shouldn't really have to state. And yet, how fickle we are. How we need to restate that this is something worth rejoicing. And look what Paul says, I press on towards the goal to gain the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. He is absolutely amazed that he, Saul, a sinner, a persecutor of the church, had been called into heaven. That's the prize, his calling and his rejoicing. This is God's call to my life that I should be his and with him. What a wonderful blessing that heaven is his prospect. 
What a delight it should be to your soul and to mine that through faith in Jesus Christ, repentance of our sin, heaven is a prospect. So we should rejoice in that calling that has been come to you, come to me through the Lord Jesus Christ. Without him we have no hope and are without hope. And Paul knew that only too well. And so he presses on. He's renewing his desires because he rejoices that God took him a sinner and saved him. And I can rejoice God took me a sinner, unworthy, filthy, and he saved. And he's given the prospect of eternal life in heaven. Rejoice calling in Jesus Christ. And if you're not in Christ, know that you have no hope in heaven. If you're not in Christ, learn that the opposite is true. You should mourn because you are in the broad road that leads to destruction. You have no prospect of a future of contentment and glory. There's no happy new year to the person who's outside of Christ. For there is enemy, hopeless and lost. But we who are in Christ can rejoice in the calling that is ours into the very presence of Almighty God to the glory of His name. So I want to urge you at the beginning of this year that we might reflect on the past, yes, only to learn from it, only to realize how blessed we have been, how much God has done, only to realize that Our faults, repented of, can be forgiven. If we have still sin to repent of, faults that we need to deal with, let us repent and forget and move on. Let us refocus our energy to the glory of God, striving towards the prize for the things of God, to the honor of His name. And let us refresh the goal. It's not about us. It's about Christ as Lord and Savior that we might move forward rejoicing in the hope that we have, rejoicing in the calling to be Christ's, to be His servants, to the honor and glory of His name. Amen.